Welcome back, Horror Heads, to Horror 365. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Ryan, we're back. We are back week number three, baby. Third time is the charm, and we have a special treat for everyone out there, Brian. Oh yeah, this week, special guest. You want to do it? You, you want? Come on, do the honor. Can I? Can I please do it? Yes. I mean, oh, thank you. On this week's episode, we have not one, but two very special guests. We have Dave Brown, who is the creator of the forthcoming Friday 13th fan film. His name was Jason, and his director, Mr. Jason West. Oh, yeah, the dynamic duo is back, baby. On here on this episode, we have some huge news for everybody. Uh, this is a two-parter, folks. Okay, so this is part one this week. Next week, you're going to see part two because, man, when we get together, we can talk. Uh, and it was, it was just a great conversation with Dave and Jason. And you know what? Enough of me talking, Brian. Let's get right into it right now. Dave Brown, Jason West, the man behind his name was Jason. Welcome back to the Horror 365. I don't know what you call this, a podcast, a vlogcast, whatever they call it nowadays. We're in 2021. I got two special people right here, and I'm not talking about Sal Joe Jason. He's just the guy. He's just the other guy on the show. But right now, please welcome the director of his name was Jason, Dave Brown, and a cinematographer, Mr. Jason West, what's going on, guys? Gentlemen, welcome. Actually, I want to I want to correct you on that, sir. Um, yes, sir, go ahead. Uh, actually, I have given over all the rights to uh, directing this film to Jason West. Actually, a few months ago, oh. um, hey. just just so there's you know give credit where credit is due. Uh, Jason West actually took over um, many many months ago on that part. Um, for for me to get into this really quick, uh, I wrote the story. Uh, I semi put it into a script. I had no movie uh, experience or background or in filmmaking whatsoever. So uh, it just made more sense to give Jason uh, the leeway and the rights to film it and actually direct it. So um, you, we can, you know, go back to rephrasing everything. Jason West is director and cinema photographer, and I am writer and creator. So, uh, with that being said, welcome the real star of the show, Jason West. <laughs> Jay, Jay, I'm not feeling anyone's thunder, man. <laughs> What's, Bye, going on, guys? Bye, <laughs> What's up, guys? How are we doing today? Good, good, good. real good, real good. Uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta ask you. Okay, you know, you think horror movies? Um, I can go back. I think the first horror movie I've, I believe I've seen that I got scared was was Child's Play. But I gotta ask both of you individually here what was your first memory of watching a horror film was it like friday the 13th not me i i um i grew up with what they call grade b horror movies um growing up close to philadelphia we had um in some areas of the country they had chiller theater which i think came on friday nights and it showed really bad you know 60s 70s horror movies and i grew up with dr shock and this guy actually dressed up like a zombie and he came on and he introduced these movies. And some of my movies that I grew up with uh, that terrified me were like, you know, Island of the Killer Shrews, um, really bad ones, you know, the <laughs> ones that you wouldn't think scared you. But when you were younger, you know, they came on uh, Saturday afternoon and, and uh, me and my family would actually watch this. So those are going way back into the mid to late seventies, early eighties. And then, um, as you know, the eighties, I think opened up a big genre and generation of, uh, slasher flicks, which, you know, just being a fan as a child, uh, went into those movies. But, uh, for me, it goes way, way back, uh, of horror movies, uh, before they were mainstream as we know of in the eighties. So, uh, I was, a, I was a young and, you know, I was between eight and 10 years old. That's my memory. Jay, what about you, bud? Yeah, I just I uh, the first horror film I remember watching was uh, Deadly Friend. Mm -hmm. That's and a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that, one. I'll tell you what, when when that basketball smashed that lady's <laughs> head, that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Um, that I don't know, that was just terrifying to me. But my first Friday the Thirteenth film was uh, Part Six, and uh, I was nine years old, and I remember my cousin who. Uh, plays Bo, and uh, his name was Jason. Uh, he introduced me to the Friday the 13th uh, franchise, and he was telling me about this kid that that drowned in this lake, and, and 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 he lived in some woods too. So 
he was telling me about the forest and you know how Jason was killing these camp counselors in the woods and stuff like that. It really scared the hell out of us uh, to go back into the woods and stuff like that at night, of course. Um, but so yeah, that 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 was my first experience with the uh, the the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Uh, for me, it was uh, part one and two. Uh, I was eleven or twelve, and I saw the, both of them back to back at a drive-in movie theater for the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. And those two have always stuck with me uh, throughout the whole franchise. Uh, not that I haven't been a fan of the hockey mask. Uh, the only one that stands out in my mind that I love so much was part four, but um, the original and uh, part two are, are, are the ones that uh, I saw first in the franchise that, that stuck with me my entire life. But now to the franchise though, uh, are those your favorite overall? Yes, the one and two. Yes, one and two. Okay, yes. and and yeah. uh, what about you, Jay? Out of, out of the franchise. Uh, honestly, I, I I love six. I mean, like I said, that was the oh, first damn. one. I That's saw. what I'm talking. Jason lives. I, I was hoping one of you. <laughs> yeah, part six is, is 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 it? You know, and actually, this mask right here. Uh, I know it's probably small, but I, see I carried that mask around for over 20 years. That went to college with me and stuff like that. That was my part six mask. That was the first one I ever got. Um, but no, I, I love the look of Jason in part seven. Mm -hmm. uh, part seven was just mean looking, you know? And it, it, yeah, that was terrifying. He was pretty ruthless in that one as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's Even funny too, because I worked with Kane Hodder on uh, 13 Fanboy, and uh, Kane's a jokester. Uh, Kane is fun to work with. He, yeah, he was yeah. a delight to work with. I love We're, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, I have oh, okay. Okay. Great, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just get back real quick. Deadly Friend, you just brought back so many memories. Because I remember first seeing that on the Million Dollar Movie on ABC. <laughs> Come on, 1130 Friday nights. That was no Million Dollar Movie. <laughs> <laughs> that basketball scene, I'm surprised they didn't edit it out. And I'm yeah. like, oh, there's Mrs. Fratelli, Mama Fratelli. Yeah. That, I mean, that whole movie was great. And um, Christy Swanson, you know, I had a childhood crush on her. And just that whole scene, like, I love those practical effects. Because if they did that today, it'd be all CGI. Oh, know? yeah. But it wouldn't have the same effect. No, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, okay? But as a refresher to me, I guess, wasn't there a scene where the basketball came bouncing into the bedroom and then came up? underneath the sheets is that correct I, I remember it bouncing in the bedroom but i don't remember the sheet part yeah it's okay been, see it's yeah, been, it's been so such long. a long time yeah, but, but, I, but i remember something that had to do with the basketball bouncing into the room in, in the bed whatever it, yeah it, definitely i remember the bouncing of the ball yeah yeah so yeah that part just terrified me as well i mean you know i was like i don't know seven maybe I was probably around the same age, seven or eight myself. And, yeah, impressionable um, age for horror, you know, for horror. I mean, those things never go away, you know? No, no. Well, it's like a traumatic moment that's always, you know, in the back of your mind and yeah. pops out when someone triggers it. So, yep. Dave, um, you know, we have a lot of fan films that are out right now, and they have the hockey mask. And um, what was the reason for the sack? You did talk about how, you know, part two is your favorite. Right. And – I think that the, the gener our generation will appreciate the sack as opposed to the younger generation. Mm -hmm. um, is that why you wanted to make the movie in that era? Yes, yes and no. I'll be honest. When I was uh, coming to a full conclusion of, of the story and I was finished with it, I reached out to Vincent DeSanti, who is the creator, writer, and director, and what have you, of Never Hike Alone, and I connected with him. And at that point, he was the only, um, that's how long this movie has been take, taken to get done. He was, that was the only film that had came out uh, uh, of a fan film that I, a good fan film that I knew of. I knew uh, Voorhees was in the works or trying to get money produced. But um, for me, uh, when, I, when I saw his film, I said, you know what? I've had this story in my head. Let me let me put it down on paper. It took a it took about two months to get it down on paper, and I had some people read it that were fans of the original in part two, and so many people said, you know what? There was so much missing information 
in there that, you know, you could really run with this in any direction that you wanted to and make it a fun story. Um, so I said to myself, and being a fan of the sack mask, Jason, and what terrified me about that, Jason, was he was human. He was, you know, just this, uh, you know, hermit living in the woods, surviving off the land. And there were so many memories. And growing up in the Jersey Pine Barrens, uh, I, I said it, it could be done. It, uh, you know, and, and I've any stories that I've ever written, and Brian, you know me, they've all derived from movies that are already established and which which direction can I go with a character and um, I've always liked uh, putting in the uh, filling in the gaps of, of, a, of a mean uh, antagonist in, in, a, in a horror film and having more of a background on them which I think you're seeing more happen in reboots these days, mm -hmm. which I think, you know, for us growing up, there was like, I want to know more of Michael Myers background. And I would like to know and get into his head. And the same with this Jason for me, uh, for uh, his name was Jason. I, I wanted to know more about him and how he was surviving all those years on his own. And uh, when I let people read the, this story, they're like, yeah, yeah, this is good. Um, but it could go either way for you in a film when people read it, because my philosophy was I wasn't going to follow the same exact pattern as we've seen in a lot of, of the Friday the 13th films, which was half naked camp counselor smoking <laughs> weed in the yeah. campground. I said, there's got to be more meat and potatoes to this. And um, I wanted. it. I don't know if it's a real term, but I call it adult horror. And I, I wanted to reflect on more of an adult feel for a film that was more character based. And that was what was important to me because I grew up in a hick town, Egg Harbor City, New Jersey, in mm. the woods. Everybody knew one another. And I said, what if the shit hit the fan like that and there was a real Mrs. Voorhees that did that to my community? How would it affect the community? How would it affect the people? And I wanted to dig deep into that with this story. And I think, you know, and, and you know, I think knowing Jason West as long as I have now, almost four years, three years, I think it is. Um, he, I think he can relate to it too, coming from a small town in Indiana. It's like, yeah, this, this will make a good story for people of our generation. And hopefully with the blood and the guts and the gore that we're going to showcase the younger generation, like, wow, I didn't expect that because we are so story driven in the beginning. Uh, Jason can give a better timetable of how much of a good story that there is prior to uh, death, until <laughs> um, all, all shit hits the fan. Um, but the thing is, you, you will learn to love the characters. You will, everyone will be able to relate to one of them. Uh, you know, you have one that's very mentally stable and more family oriented. Uh, then you have the comic relief. And then you've got a, a free-spirited guy who's an ex-jock from high school that still has the chip on his shoulder, still thinks he's the ladies' man. You know, it's somebody that we all knew. Well, we could all relate to. And we have friends, and they're still that way to this day. Uh, that, 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 you know, they've changed in some ways, but yet, you know, they're still that way. So I'm hoping that it'll connect to a lot. And if not, that's okay, too, because... Um, I'm sure it'll open up some eyes to the franchise, uh, the fans in the franchise, like, wow, this is a different take on things. And it's a very, like I said, adult, adult horror and more of an adult approach to things, you know, knowing what the fan films are, are like and coming out now. Um, so yeah, it, it was a totally challenging thing. It's been a long, challenging, exhausting road. Yeah, how long did it take you to write, Dave? Uh, well, the story in my head was always there. You know, it only took me about six to eight months to get it down on paper, going back to the films and watching, because I wanted to make sure that everything connected and it was solid be between the original. See, I never say part one because I never planned on saying part two, uh, <laughs> making a part two. So I say original. So a true fan would never say part one. They say the original. So I wanted to watch the films over and over and over and, and make sure that there was continuity between those two films. So all in all, about eight months to write it down on paper. And that was just the story. Turning into a script was a whole nother monster, you know? Uh, what so, was yeah. that? What was that? The whole script writing process? Was it like, tedious? Well, I mean? 
Yeah, it was tedious. There was another gentleman on board that is no longer with the film that helped out quite a bit. Um, uh, he stepped away from the film. He actually uh, put it into script format. Uh, there is software out there that helps a lot. I mean, you can actually purchase software that you can drop your story into and it helps you format it. Really? Uh, but you, yeah, but if you, Final Draft, I think it is. Is that what it's called, Jason? I'm not quite sure what that one is. I'll be honest, I'm not a script writer, so I just yeah. shoot stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think it's called Final Draft. Uh, it's actual software that you can purchase for like a hundred and some odd dollars, and it helps you lay it out. Uh, so yeah, he, he worked with that, and he reformatted it for us, but he had to walk away uh, mm -hmm. for certain reasons. And um, but the script was there, and uh, we kept the story going, and we kept it. You know, we we, we just kept moving and. and uh, we actually uh, finished finished up in October, the weekend of Halloween. We wrapped it up. Dude, it sounds like you have a lot of substance, though, to the story. Yeah, I think so. Wouldn't you say, Jason? Yeah, I. You know, uh, Dave has always uh, compared it to the Deer Hunter meets Stand by Me, and and I couldn't agree more. Uh, the, these guys that you're going to see on our film, uh, like you said, you know, they're high school buddies. Uh, they grew up together in a small town, uh, you know, Crystal Lake, of course. And um, I think it's, I think it's a cool twist to tell that part of the story instead of really, um, you know, relying on, you know, the the nudity and and drug use and stuff like that. Like Dave said, it's this this is a very uh, mature approach, uh, an adult approach to. Uh, the franchise itself. I'm not saying we're part of the franchise. I'm saying, you know, uh, you know, backing it up with, with our story and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we do a lot of uh, character building in this. I think it's, it's not even until uh, the third act uh, that you really see gore. I mean, we're doing a lot of character building because uh, you know, let's face it over the years, uh, the fans have started rooting for Jason and you really don't know the characters names. You don't know what their personalities are. You, you don't care. You just want to see Jason kill, you know, and we wanted to kind of put a little different twist onto that. And we want you to feel for our characters. We want you to know who these characters are. We want you to know their background story. Um, and uh, you know, when or if they die we want you to feel that <laughs> yeah because with, with a lot of the newer horror movies i could care less about the, the characters because you can't relate to anyone you know like with the the last jason we got the uh, remake i hated every single character just about except for maybe clay and his sister you know um all the characters were your stereotypical you know, like you had your token pothead, your token, you know, blonde bimbo or whatever. And, if, if, you know, uh, if they gave you someone that you cared about, I might have felt bad for him. You know, I sure as hell didn't feel bad when Trent got killed. Right. Was just an ass. So, Dave, so basically with his name was Jason, if I wanted to take my new Friday the 13th box set, when it comes out on DVD, I could put it in between part one and part two, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're calling it. It's like, uh, you know, his name was Jason. Uh, what would we say, 1.50 or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. So without giving too much away, we talked about the, the backgrounds of the characters, like their characteristics. Can you just, you know, give us the, the plot of the film? Yeah, so it's um, 1982. Uh, it's, uh, what do we say? Two years after the original movie. And, uh, three. what's that? Three years. Yeah. I think it was, it was three. Uh, I think it was, yeah. Three years. Okay. Cause the, uh, part, uh, part one, original one, the original film to part two was a five year gap. So yeah, this is three years, uh, later. So basically what has happened is, um, the town's trying to forget what has happened, uh, up at camp crystal Lake and move on. Uh, a lot of people have suffered. Uh, families have suffered. Um, they don't like to talk about the situation of what Pamela Voorhees actually did. The businesses are suffering uh, horribly in, in some sense. A lot of people have moved out. Um, so it's kind of like um, 
they know it's there, they know it's happened, but they they just want to move on. And the one uh, main character, especially uh, Chuck Roberts, who is like up to here with you know the mur the murmuring and the whispering of you know, the boy and the lake and Mrs. Voorhees. He just wants to move on. He owns his own business, a small, a mom and pop hardware store in town, and it's suffering horribly from it. And um, his uh, one buddy, uh, Mickey Bowitz, uh, who also works alongside of him, who is a high school buddy, uh, is suffering just as much because he works at the store with him. And then you've got uh, Bo Thompson, who works at a local mill, just slinging uh, 50 pound bags on a daily basis, uh, you know, busting his back, making basically minimum wage. And he lives in a dive of apartment, you know, uh, up above some of the stores in, in the town of Crystal Lake. And, you know, they're, they're just trying to move on with their lives and, 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 and hopefully things will get better, but it, they really aren't. And, um, you know, there, there's not much to do in a town like that other than go four-wheeling on the weekends or drinking beer and watching football and, and to hunt. So these three guys basically are just that. They're, they're, they're master pro hunters. And um, there is this elusive buck that is in the tri-state area that has eluded uh, hunters for a long, long time and has taken refuge over on the Camp Crystal Lake side. Uh, because uh, it's closed down, it's owned by the. It's pretty much owned by the uh, the banks at this point. Because as you know, Steve Christie died in the original movie, who inherited it from his parents, and he was trying to make a go of it. And we know that didn't happen because of what what Pamela did. And you know, it, it dried up and it just kind of fizzled out. And uh, it, it's kind of like off off territory. It's hollow ground at this point because of all the deaths. But this deer, this buck has taken refuge there because he basically knows that no one goes over there. So he's a legend in his own. And we kind of explain that. And these guys, you know, like most crazy ideas happen over beers <laughs> one night, <laughs> make a make a an ill-fated decision to go hunt for mm. this this deer uh, over on Crystal Lakeside. They actually sneak in and uh, decide to go hunt this this deer. Um you know, not knowing what's actually over there and lurking, which we all figured out at one point in, in this trilogy. Uh, and, you know, it basically then becomes, you know, the hunters become the hunted, you know. And uh, it's the first time that you actually see Jason um, in his realm and in his comfort zone and not so comfort zone uh, hunt human. Uh, it, you've never seen that before, you know. So other than part two, um, so, I mean, he's kind of, he's pretty good at it. If you see what he is, he does make some mistakes in part two, but, um, in this film, he's really finding himself too, because, you know, he just wants to be left alone. That's all he's ever wanted. You know, he's just, this is his realm. This is the world that he's grown up in. And he, he, because of what he saw that night, uh, as we all assume or know, uh, he watched his mother uh, beheaded that night and gathered up her remains and walked off in the woods. And he has made this hollowed ground for him. And he wants nobody there. And, um, you know, you, you kind of feel for him in, in a sense. And, you know, it's not until, I guess, part three or four, you actually see the savage coming out. So you do see the more of the human side. You see him make mistakes, you know, uh, without giving. I hope I didn't give away too much. No, you, you, you were... Uh... You, you gave enough to the the new listeners to be like, man, I want to see this because as I'm, you know, listening to you, it's like listening to you for the first time when you pitched the idea to me. So awesome. it's like, man, I can't wait to see this. I'm like, I mean, I, I've been, I've always been straightforward with the synopsis on the page. It's actually on the fan page on his name mm -hmm. was Jason on Facebook. The synopsis is there. Um, uh, so we were able to fill in uh, quite a bit, I think, in telling the story. Jason is actually uh, was wonderful uh, in the last uh, two filmings. He, you know, he uh, worked in some of uh, some thoughts of his own that we've actually changed script uh, a couple times. Uh, you know, throughout throughout filming, and he goes, "Oh, I got this idea. I got," and it all it all worked out. And I was very open uh, for a lot of those changes because it's always great. Uh, and that was the other thing with Jason West is uh, he was a fan of the franchise. And that was important to me. I wasn't going to be bringing in somebody that was just a horror fan 
they had to be a Friday the 13th fan and, and know or, or have a, a gut feeling of, of what it was about, you know? Right. We didn't want to Ronnie you, the director of Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Freddy vs. Jason wasn't that bad, right? Oh, let's switch kids before I get slashed over here. <laughs> I think I think Jason West Um so Dave, talk to us about the scouting location. So you're from New York. And you know, I'm sure there's lots of places in the state of New York you could have shot in. Why New Jersey? No, I'm from South Jersey. I'm not from New York. Well, you currently live in New York. Oh, I'm yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the thing. Um, knowing that the original film was filmed in New Jersey, in Blairstown, New Jersey, in the surrounding area, there was no way uh, I was going to do it. If I was living in California or even, you know, a wooded area where there was not the pines that we knew or, 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 or the, the scenery, I was not going to even attempt of, of thinking about going anywhere else to do it. And... Um, with that being said, uh, I, I, I said, oh, I got to get up to Blairstown. I got to check it out. I want to, I want to see some of the areas. And I made friends with a lot of people in Blairstown, as you know, uh, Brian, mm-hmm. uh, Jeanette, uh, who runs the Blairstown museum and Gary, who actually owns the original diner, uh, that we saw mm-hmm. in the first film. And I, I, he had just bought the diner. The second time I went, the first time I went in the diner, I was the original owner or not the original owner, but one of the owners, and he wanted nothing to do with me. You know, he was like, yeah, whatever, and shrugged me off. So a year later, almost to the date, uh, Jeanette actually said, you know, there's a new owner of the Blairstown Diner. Why don't you go over and talk to him? So Gary uh, was there, and I I said, Gary, my name is Dave Brown. I said, I'm a Jersey boy, and this and that. You know, I, I had to connect with him somehow. I said, I have this idea for a film. And he, he didn't even let me finish. He's like, yep, you, you, can, you can do what you need in here. He goes, I'll even oh. throw you five. He's I'll throw you $500 to the film. Oh, very nice. He, Dude, he's a yeah. nice guy. Gary's a nice guy. Yeah. And he threw me 500 bucks and he said, you know, whenever you're ready. And, you know, we had a lot of bumps in the road where we couldn't film and, and it was tough and it was hard, but he waited and he waited and we, he waited and we finally got in there. We finally filmed. Uh, it was during COVID of this year. And um, the, the, it was it was a you know a blessing and 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 horrible at the same time because it was closed but the closing factor worked to our advantage because we were able to film during the day like we wanted and we actually gave him a cameo appearance uh in the film as a thank you um you know so he was really excited about that you know so you know and then you know just filming in the wooded area uh behind the hunter's lodge that's a whole new scene the irony of that is uh the hunter's lodge it wasn't until probably i guess the third time or the fourth time we're there they said did you know that this lodge where this restaurant is attached to was the actual location the cast and crew stayed at while they filmed friday the 13th i'm like are you freaking kidding me so it was like a full circle had come back around and I'm like, well, we've got to film in here now, you know? And um, one thing that we haven't talked about is we brought back, uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, alumni from the original film, which was Ron Milkey, who's who played officer Dorf in the original film. When he came to film in the location, he goes, yep. He goes, we actually sat in here and ate one of the nights, uh, you know, prior to filming to discuss the script. He goes, I remember it. I remember it clearly now. He hadn't been back there since then. So he was like, you know, looking around. So he was like really excited to be there. So yeah, uh, that, that was the only way it was going to happen. It's like if I could make friends with these people and they all let us film in these locations for free, uh, cause we, we, you know, it's ultra, ultra low budget film. Right. How did it feel Dave and, and Jay, how did it feel like the first day of filming what was going through your mind? Actually see this, you know, the script you created come to fruition. So yeah, when uh, when Dave approached me, he con uh, he contacted me off of uh, I believe Mandy Mandy dot com. Mandy uh, is that the clothing clothing store Mandy Mandy's? No no no. Oh, no. Mandy Mandy is oh. a, a, a website for networking for movie makers, actors, you know, uh, all that stuff. It's called Mandy dot com. Yeah. Okay, got it. All right, <laughs> it's, it's it's like a dating app. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speed dating. Okay, Jay. All right, <laughs> <Yeah. continue. laughs> <laughs> right 
when uh, when Dave uh, gave me that script, um, you know, I took a couple of days and, and I read it. So, and uh, I was instantly just mesmerized by it because it was smart. The script was really, really smart, um, and I and I liked that. So he was like, "Hey, I'd like to shoot a trailer, uh, just a teaser trailer and stuff like that, just to get the the the, the crowd." Uh, interested and show the crowd that we were serious about making something and I was like yeah let me drive on out I got all my gear and stuff like that we'll drive on out to uh, uh, New Jersey I think we went to the Jersey Pines Egg Harbor and, yeah my hometown Egg, Egg Harbor City New Jersey yep. yeah so we went out there and we found this beautiful lake and I mean it looked it looked just like the movie it really did and it was just it was wonderful and uh, so we we filmed uh, the first teaser trailer and I if the Audience has seen it. it's the one where uh, Jason goes and picks up mother's head and you know for the first time sees her decapitated head. That was a lot of fun. I had a blast that day. It was it was fantastic. It really was. Just the whole day of uh, just seeing everything, just smelling all the cedars and stuff. It was great. Um, and the, yeah, the lake was just beautiful and the setting was just awesome for uh, for for that particular shoot um but i I mean, I, that, that, I, that I day to... i knew it was a marriage made in heaven yeah <laughs> so the site worked long story short. <laughs> i want to piggyback on what dave was saying about the diner um dave took me around uh to blairstown that first time i was out there in uh, new jersey and stuff and uh the one thing i remembered about the diner at the time it did not have the word diner up there like it had in the original film no it turned out that gary had those letters in the back and so he put those letters back up for us so the diner looks like the original how it was in the original film yeah so i i thought that was super cool and i was super excited uh when i saw pictures david sent me of the word diner up on uh, the two sides of the building it was great granted there were some changes inside that we that we couldn't you know obviously up change and based on what it was but you know based it was three years later you know they could have renovated just to change things and you know it was just it's just the idea of being in the same diner and we can actually say we are the only excuse my french fucking fan film in the print <laughs> that's out there that could actually say yes we were there and we filmed there and we did it right you know so. that feeling has to be great guys that, that that's like i mean come on yeah. you're there and then the fact that you know you had somebody like gary who he's all in with the yeah. town with the diner it was unlike the you know the owner the original i guess the original owner he bought it from you know and when i went there to meet gary he's a phenomenal guy dude he was yeah. He was all about yeah. it. Man. He's pretty. He was very genuine, down to earth. You know, a good businessman. He he won't lie to you. He's a capitalist. So uh, he said, whatever can help bring business in. And I said, Gary, I said, once we get these on DVD, you know, we'll give you some, and you can give them out in the diner. And you know, we're going to put your name in the credits. And you know, thank you to Blairstown Diner and what have you. Uh, Jason was very cool to get some of the surrounding areas. Uh, you you actually saw it in the latest trailer. We got the moravian um the uh, the hope new jersey uh, cemetery, cemetery in there let's, let's talk yeah. about the trailer real quick so you released you know i guess we can call it a teaser trailer um on christmas actually before christmas i think it was like christmas eve you released it or jason called me all up like a, like a kid on christmas eve and he's like let's do it Let's yeah. do it now. Let's just get uh, it out there. And I'm like, you know what? I said, everybody's going to be unwrapping presents. They're going to be busy. They're going to be occupied. Let's give them an early Christmas gift. That's what my Christmas yeah. gift was. Yeah, and it was. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. it was an early Christmas uh, gift Stock for me. Stuff is special. Because um, let me tell you, I watched, I must have watched it. I couldn't tell you how many times. And, you know, I showed my wife and she loved it. The music, the tempo. You know, when um, Jason's in his shack and, you know, he puts he puts the sack on. And then I saw, you know, it was cold and I had to ask Dave. It looked like you were spitting water, you know, out at the shrine. But he's like, no, that was my breath. Because it, yeah. it seemed like it was a real quick shot. But Jason, like, Jason didn't want to reveal too much. And, you know, he was actually uh, stumped for a little bit on, on a trailer. 
And then I just threw out some minimal stuff to him. And then within what, Jason, like 48 hours, you came back and you're like, I got it. I got it. Well, <laughs> I won't tell you so how I have you a got background. It. Don't mind the background here. We got a floating head. <laughs> <laughs> it's the head. Is that mom? Is that Mrs. Voorhees? <laughs> She's always intruding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what had happened with that trailer was, uh, uh, I'm also the editor for this movie, okay? So I'm putting together the movie and I'm in that mind frame of, you know, putting my scenes together and whatnot. And um, uh, time's boiling, you know, time, time's tracking down. I'm like, oh crap, I gotta get that trailer out. And it's not, you know, it's not in the front of my mind. Um, so I, I, I was like kind of freaking out because I'm like, I don't know what to put in this thing, you know, because I'm in the mind frame of putting the movie together. So. I ended up calling um, Dave and I was like, hey, give me some ideas what you would, what you would like to see in the trailer. And I called the other uh, cinematographer because we had a two camera system uh, while we were shooting. So I called um, a good friend and um, the other cinematographer, Phil Baumhart. And um, I said, dude, give me some ideas. I said, please help me out with this thing. And he's like, you got to tell a little bit of the story. And what he gave me, what he would like to see in a trailer, which I didn't go with that yet. Yet there's there's more to come by. Okay. So, um, so I I just I, I I just threw something together, uh, real quick. And I, I this is the teaser. I wanted to show again that we're serious about making the film, and that we I wanted to show the audience what we have, you know. Uh, the next trailer, yes, there will be another trailer. Yeah, I'm, um, I, I want to know more about this one. We're going to get into this. I mean, could you unveil anything to us right now, Jay? Uh, I, all I can say, because I haven't started working on it yet, is it will tell more of the story. This one will be more story-based, okay? This is going to show a little bit of the scenes. This is going to, you know, this is going to have a little bit of dialogue with we, it. We're we, we going to get a little be, spice in our life here, right? You're going to sprinkle a little garlic and oregano in it. We're gonna, that's I'm right. Excited. That's right. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna show a little bit more of the story. It's probably going to be at least double the time. I'm looking at three and a half, maybe four minute long. Wow. Okay. Because I want to... Yeah, I want to give you a little bit of a little bit more meat and potatoes. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah, because you know, watching this trailer, if I didn't know what it was, I would think it's a theatrical film. That's how, to me, the quality is. And you know, we always say that Vince set the blueprint of how a fan film could and should be. And I'm going to say you guys are parallel to him. You know, That's I, good. I, I agree. To to hear that is an honor because uh, Vincent Desante and I, you know, worked on Thirteen Fanboy together. And um, Vince and I, uh, I, I feel like Vince is just a, just, he's just a great guy, period. He's just a great, great guy. Yeah. And I love working with him. I, I chat with him uh, on, on uh, the, you know, the fake book. You know, we go back and forth every once in a while on different political views, and that's fine. And, and it's not a disrespectful thing. But, um, Vince is a movie, uh, a Friday the 13th encyclopedia, okay? He is a genius when it comes to the franchise, and I, I love hearing his knowledge, and it just gets me amped. It really does, and, and, and I, Never Hike Alone has set the bar so high. If, if I can just get here with it, you know, just eh, right there. I'll be happy because. Yeah, well, I think you are oh, here, and maybe even you know, Brian. I really I'm, appreciate. I'm I really I'm do. I'm with like, you here. I'm well, with you. Um, you know, let's go into Thirteen Fanboy. Like, I want to know a little bit more about your back history, Jason. But I really want to know about Thirteen Fanboy. How did you come to get that gig? Okay, um, so I'll, I'll take it back a little bit to uh, my college. Okay. Uh, I actually went to uh, Douglas Education Center in Manesson, Pennsylvania, and um, that is where the Tom Savini uh, Movie Makeup Artist School okay. is. Uh, there's a school right beside it that when I uh, signed up for 
college. It was called the factory. And when I got there, actually I did a, a, a like an open house thing. It was a private open house. I just wanted to see what the college was all about and stuff. And uh, when I got there, I got there a day early and uh, the head administrator, he was like, uh, he's like, you know that we just changed the name to the school, right? I said, no, I, I had no idea. And uh, he was like, uh, we just changed the name to the George A. Romero filmmaking program. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's cool. I had no idea. You know, that's, that's great. And he goes, come with me. I got to show you something right now. So we went down to the film bu uh, building and they were filming something. They were in the process of filming something. I had no idea what they were filming. I just knew, you know, they were filming something and I was excited about it. And uh, the administrator, he's like, just listen, listen to that man's voice. Uh, tell me who that is. And it was George Romero. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. George Romero was sitting right there and they were filming stuff. Wow. And so uh, uh, I, I was blown away, absolutely blown away. And then I hear, I hear cut and here comes uh, George come down the hallway towards us. And the administrator, he was like, uh, he goes, George, he's like, I want you to meet your very first student, Jason West. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, my like, God. Oh, my God. This is <laughs> awesome. And I shook his hand and he's six foot four. He's, he was huge. Right. And um, he told me, he's like, Jason, he's like, I'm so happy that you're here. He's like, I got so much planned for you guys. And I was like, oh, gosh, this, this is like a complete dream right Dude, now. You got to be skipping down the holes. I oh, bet you, you did a little I mean, pee-pee in your pants, right? <laughs> um, It was an absolute honor to meet him and uh, be taught by him. Uh, and, of course, while I was in college, uh, he ended up passing away. Now, did you um, have an opportunity to, to talk to him about him making all those great films? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, he, he came in, he came in uh, a handful of times uh and and taught the class um uh, just kind of just just spreading his knowledge and uh, of, of what um or how he made films you know did he, he always told us what's that no i'm sorry jay uh did he tell you like what his uh favorite project was that he worked on uh he said he loved doing martin mm. He loved that's, that's a freaky movie. It is, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because uh, I'm, I met John Ambleth and, um, and I told him that we were students of George's. This was uh, shortly after George passed away. And uh, John Ambleth, he got, his eyes got huge. He's like, can I get a picture with you? And I'm like, whoa, I'm supposed to be asking you that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was yeah. kind of crazy. but. George always taught us um, shoot more than what you're going to use. And that seems like a simple plan. It seems like common knowledge, but coming from him, it was just genius, you know? And he, he told us, get what he called kill the dog sh uh, shot, which just means get something that you're going to cut to, you know, get some extra footage that you're going to cut to. And I thought it was brilliant just the way he said that. It was kill the dog shot. Okay. So, Very nice. you know, I think it was, I'm sure it was a reference to Old Yeller. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But um, that's what he taught us. Like, like he just, it, it was just an honor to be taught by that man. Oh, you know? yeah, definitely. Especially when I signed up for the school, not knowing that he was even going to be there. Yeah. But I've done several things with Tom Savini, which he's a great guy, too. Um, a lot of people... I've heard, you know, that they didn't have bad, uh, good experiences with Tom at conventions and stuff like that. And, and I don't know, maybe he just had a bad day. I don't know. I can't, you know, I'm like, I, I we're can't human. Yeah, we're, we're, exactly. yeah. But no, Tom is a great guy. He really is a great guy. But uh, Brian, to, to, to answer your question, when I graduated college, um, I did this film uh, called Faith Under Fire. And I got to be really good friends with the uh, director of that film. Uh, his name is Joel Paul Rising. And um, he contacted me and he's like, do you know a woman named uh, Deborah Voorhees? And I'm like, 
yeah, I've heard that name before. And uh, he goes, well, she wants to do a, a Friday the 13th style movie. And I'm like, I'm in. And he's like, he's like, are you a fan of Friday the 13th? And I rolled up my pant leg. I've got a hockey mask. Tattooed on my <laughs> Am leg. I a fan? <laughs> Hold on a second. He's like, I didn't even know you were that big of a fan. He's like, yeah, you're definitely on here. So I ended up being the uh, lead lighting tech for that, for 13 Fanboy. And uh, so that's how, that's how I got on there. I was just really good friends with the executive producer. So. Oh, very nice. So um, give us the plot without giving too much of the details. Uh, I mean, in a nutshell, uh, 13 Fanboy is a crazed fan who uh, finds and tortures and kills the uh, franchise members, uh, the original actors from the uh, Friday the 13th franchise. Yeah, and it has, I would say, like 80% of the alumni in there. You mentioned Kane Hodder earlier. He yep. is uh, he is fun to be with. Uh, I met him once, and it was, I think, at my first horror convention, Monster Mania. And, you know, when I meet the actors or actresses, I kind of get, like, a little starstruck, you know? So, um, you know, he has the 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 history of choking his fans. So I think that was like probably my first words out of him. Can you choke me? Can you I, choke I, me? I always tell my friends this That's story. Just said. Funny. Well, my, my wife, God bless her, goes, wow, he doesn't ask me to do that to him. And Kane started laughing. <laughs> um, and the picture she took, I have like this half smile, half sh shocked look because I didn't know he puts like a stunt grip on you. And it's like, it's like a clamp on your neck. You can still breathe, but I was not expecting that. Yes. Um, who else? Like uh, Ron Sloan, you got to work with Ron Sloan. He seems like he's a character. Wait. So Ron Sloan, Ron Sloan and I have become super close friends um, to the point where he calls me his son. Oh, and nice. I call him dad. <laughs> and, um, He'll he'll text me or call me every once in a great while, and he'll say, "How you doing, son?" And I'm like, "Hey, Dad, how's it going?" Whatever. And he and I, um, I don't know what it was. I we just hit it off. And Ron is just—he's an amazing person. I love him to death. And then Ron, if you're watching, I love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well. <You're so> <laughs> You know, he, we are friends on Facebook and, you know, um, he's helped me out with a video project that I did. So, um, you know, I'll be sure. I'm sure you will message him. We're hoping to get this video out next month. And Ron, if you're watching, you can always come on our show as well. Um, Corey Feldman, did you get a chance to interact with Corey Feldman? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, we actually celebrated Corey's birthday. I saw that video. Set. Yep. And um, uh, Corey is a fantastic human being. I love Corey. Um, you know, obviously the media tries to bash him and, and make him look crazy and stuff like that. Far from it. Far from it. He had his wife and his uh, son on set with him. Just a fantastic, loving family, really. Yeah. We only had him for, um, I think we had him for two days. And um, he, he loves to go off script, which his character and because he's the i think he was the only alumni character that did not play himself okay okay um he plays this uh sleazy producer and um he's got these you know old man glasses on and stuff like that it really doesn't look like Corey. okay but, um he <laughs> he was great like i said he went off script all the time and I looked over to Deborah quite often, and Deborah was just dying. She was just dying laughing, and she's like, "All right, you know, cut. Let's do this again." And he would change the script again, and so, but you know, he kept the story going, and he really made it fun. Really made it fun. And then you know, lastly, oh, Jimmy, yeah, right? You know, because I'm thinking about it. You know, you're talking about Thirteen Fanboy here, but let's talk about the real actor right now. It's a different movie. You know, Faith Under Fire. Okay. What about Hercules? What about Kevin Sorbo? I've worked with Kevin Sorbo. Uh, Kevin is. Did you awesome. see him? Did you see him? And then all of, like the theme just hit your head. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's funny because I was running second camera on Faith Under Fire, um, and the original, yeah, the, uh, the the first camera, uh, the actual director of photography, 
he um he kept calling Kevin Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, please stop Your doing heart. that. <laughs> but but he kept on calling uh, uh, Dean Cain Superman on set too, and I'm like, oh, just please stop. <laughs> so, There's always one. I know Dean was great. Dean is amazing, actually. Dean helped us out a lot. Um, Kevin, I think we had Kevin for one day, and we only had him for uh, I think six or eight hours. So we really had to, you know, we had to do a whole bunch of wardrobe changes with him and get him in and out and we had to travel over to the hospital and this that and the other shoot all this stuff but um yeah we only had kevin for one day growing up is this something you've always wanted to do like did you your parents get you a camera and you would make uh movies with your friends or was it something later in life that you you know decided you want to do well um no believe it or not <laughs> i actually wanted to be a movie makeup artist okay um so when i was when i was growing up in the 80s um on hbo i remember they had um they had the behind the scenes uh little documentaries and stuff like that you know mini documents uh so i remember watching the ones of the behind the scenes of uh die hard and um lethal weapon and but the one that really got me was a nightmare on elm street behind the scenes I loved watching them um, put Robert England's, uh, you know, piece together his yeah. face and stuff like that. And how he had to sit in that chair for, I think at the time he was up in the chair upwards to eight hours and they knocked down the time for like Jesus three and a half Christ. or four hours or something like that. And so back in the day, they used the, um, uh, the foam latex rather than the silicone. You know, they use silicone nowadays. It, it just looks better. Mm -hmm. um, so it just it really really intrigued me and then so when uh, when I joined the military uh, I dressed one of my uh, military brothers up as uh, Freddy Krueger and we got kicked out of Walmart uh, in <laughs> Georgia because uh, uh, they said that we were going to give somebody a heart attack with the burnt face look oh, nice. and he, he looked pretty good I, I will admit uh, and so we got kicked out of Walmart because of it. <laughs> I got out of the military in 2002, and that's when I got my first video camera. Um, and so, um, so yeah, when, in, in 2002, I got my first camera, and I started a group called the Certified Boneheads. Don't look it up. Please do not look it up. <laughs> oh, we're going to look it up after this. <laughs> look it up right now, as a matter of fact. Certified. Um, it sounds like a porn. <laughs> 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 we did stunts like jackass and um it, it was just it was stupid it was so stupid um and then my cousin who plays uh Bo, uh actually got hurt really really bad and um so we stopped i stopped doing that and that's when i started uh i started getting serious about that about i, I love being behind the camera um so i really got serious about doing that i started writing uh, short uh, scripts and stuff like that. And um, it wasn't until uh, 2016, uh, my wife like almost kicked me out of the house just to go to college. She's like, mm -hmm. get out of here. You gotta go to college. You gotta do this. So that's when I went to college and here I am now. Very nice. Every, you know, everyone like uh, has the path that, you know, it comes to them, you know, like it's whether it's, you know, early in life or late in life, you know? Yeah. So, Hey, you know, I wanted to go to film school back in 98 and then things happened where I didn't go. And, you know, you know, David and I became friends and he, you know, uh, offered this opportunity. So I got a little taste of what could have been, you know, and it was, you know, I learned a lot from him and the actors on set and the crew, and it was definitely an experience. And, you know, my first time, being a part of a movie was when we went up to Blairstown for the diner scene. So I really got to see what goes on behind. The, not easy. Not easy. Not easy. And looking at, and looking at that goes cake into it. for about five hours was probably torture when you're hungry. So yeah. that's <laughs> I think, the worst part of uh, the extras. And I feel sorry for extras, but uh, extras are a very, very key component to uh, any film, you know? But I feel sorry for the extras because, you know, you're looking at nothing for yeah. 
all day. It could be up to 16 hours, you know. Um, and so that's what's that's what's mind blowing for that long, but <laughs> you know, that's, I, what's, I, that's what's mind blowing is you know you can film an eight to twelve hour day, and uh, the actual footage you actually use and see on film could only be four and a half minutes. Right. And, yeah. Oh yeah. And they, the scenes over and over, right? I, I did a little background real quick. I, I was doing EMS for about seven years over in, uh, in New York, and I was uh, doing a standby for. I think the last one I did was the blacklist or something, but it was just like once it was the end scene, it, it was just all day, 12 hours. And it turned out to be like, dude, like a 30 second clip, man. Yep. Or like, yep. and now it was so crazy because different angles, different, it's just so much goes into it, man. It's like, it's, it's incredible. It really is. And yeah. uh, you're filming this movie. Was there any moments that, that stuck out any like memorable moments while you guys were filming? The whole thing has been really memorable. There, there, there. I, I think for me, the most uh, exciting one and uh, was having Ron Milky on set, and you know who who was an alumni from the original film. Uh, to see him walk out in the sheriff's uniform, and I'm like, wow, we're actually doing this, and we actually have a heavy hitter in our film. Uh, this little this little film that has struggled. And like I tell Jason, it's it's the little train that could going up the hill. And you know what? And for me, it's been about quality and not quantity. We may not have a huge fan base following. We may not have the biggest budget compared to the others. But with everything that came out of it, I couldn't be more happier. And... Um, the, the quality that I'm seeing on a weekly basis that Jason shows me tidbits is amazing. He has given me everything I wanted 110%. Uh, there's some things here and there. I'm like, oh, do maybe we could dwell on this or take some time off of that. You know, we dwell too long, but minimal stuff. And, you know, everything he sent me so far is like, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> But to go back to your question, I think it was uh, la not this past October, but last October was having Ron Milky walk out on set. And I'm like, holy shit, we're making a movie, you know, man, I got to tell you, Brian, Jason, and you know, I call you Jason anyway, because you're Jason. These guys are great, man. Great conversation. Dave Brown, Jason West. You know, I can't wait. Next next week, there's more. There's more folks. I'm telling you, we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, but I want to tell them personally thank you and we got some big news i'm gonna let you do this I and mean, this is your this your time to shine brian your intro was on spot on and now you're gonna deliver this outro this news in the outro talk to us i well, thank you jimmy so i am thrilled to announce that in may we are going to see his name was jason on the screen outside at hunter's lodge new jersey not too far from where the original Friday 13th was filmed. So stay tuned. Follow His Name Was Jason, a Friday 13th fan page, Jimmy J Entertainment, and of course, Horror 365 to find out when the premiere is and all the great things that are going to happen that night. Oh, man. And listen, sources tell me, and I got some good sources. They tell me that this night is a night that you're not going to want to miss. It's going to be unforgettable. I'm not going to spoil it. I know some things. You know, I got my people inside there that know other people that know people. But we know that the people that you know right here, these guys are telling you the truth. It's going to be a good time. I'm telling you, folks, you got to make it down there. Stay tuned for more announcements to come. Uh, two great individuals. And we're going to put on a hell of a show, Brian. Okay, yes, they are. are. I guess I guess we are because we're part of it, right? We're yes, just, yes, we are. I know I'm going to be there. I know you're yes. going to be there. And you guys need to be there. Okay? And like you said, Brian, you got to – on Facebook, his name was Jason. Okay, make sure you check out the group. Am I right on that one? I think, yeah, it was make sure you put a Friday 13th fan page. Yes, Friday 13th fan page. Okay, because there is another film that was out there, like a documentary or something like that. That's not this. This is a fan film. And this film, you know, today's point, this is substance right here, folks. You know, this, we're going to get a lot of, uh, like, substance in this film. I, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, Dave said, you know, enough over here on the podcast. So you kind of got a hint of, like, which direction we're moving in. But, um, folks, check them out. His name was Jason Fan Film on Facebook. And, of course, Horror 365. Like us on there. On YouTube, you can check us out, youtube.com slash Jimmy J Entertainment. And, of course, our Patreon. Brian, Patreon. This, I mean, if you're hearing this before Friday, then this Friday, you know who it is. Ronnie Sloan, baby. First Patreon-exclusive interview 
coming out uh, this Friday, Ron Sloan from Friday 13, Part 5, um, $3 a month, folks. That's it, 3 bucks, Cup of coffee. And you're going to get interviews like this and more. So check us out, patreon.com slash Entertainment. Listen, follow us, stalk us if you want, okay? Uh, well, don't stalk <laughs> this guy right here. South Jersey Jason, he does the stalking, Brian. Tell him where they can find you. As always, you can find me on SouthJerseyJason.com and on social media on Facebook, Instagram, at South Jersey Jason. That's right, folks. You know where to find me. I have too many links. It's all good. I'm going to see you. We're going to see you next week. Part two, Dave Brown, Jason West, baby. <laughs>